Episode 5, Step by Step. Hello everyone. Thank you for turning in to this week's episode of Life After Love. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we do. I'm Sandra, here with Catherine. We are excited to welcome a special guest here with us today to give us some real-life perspective on the role of a step-parent in divorce, from the viewpoint of the step-parent. With so many blended families and the divorce rate being what it is in the United States, step-parents are found in every neighborhood. And while you may know someone who has this title, maybe you don't know what that really means. Sometimes a step-parent will get a bad rap just because of their title. I think the word itself has a negative connotation. Not sure why this is or how it started as such, but it's a popular misconception. So let's introduce our guest who's willing to share her story and give us a different perspective on the role of the step-parent in a blended family. Welcome, Mary, and thank you for joining us today. And thank you, ladies, for having me on today. So let's get right into it. Obviously, we are here today because we know what an exceptional role as a step-parent you've played in the life of a child. First, we're curious to know if you think that there's a negative connotation associated with the word step-parent. That's a great question. I think it really, it's a negative if somebody's had a negative experience, but it's actually a positive if you've had a positive experience. So I think it depends on the person you're talking to and about. I, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so why don't you tell us how you came into the role of being called stepmom? So I actually see this role for me as an absolute blessing. I met my husband when he was a single dad. His little guy was just a little bit over two years old. And so I was lucky to come into this role with a very small child who didn't have a long experience with a full family yet. And so when I stepped into the role of step-parenting, I got to meet Ryan as he was a little boy, then I got to grow with him, and I actually didn't marry his dad until he was nine. So we really got to know each other, and we really got to test out this whole relationship to make sure it worked for everybody. And what was the hardest part of the journey for you? So there was a lot of challenges. It wasn't, I can't say there was just one. I think the biggest challenge was the lack of communication between Ryan's mom and dad on the expectations of raising him and even what my role might be. So I think from the, his mom's perspective, she may have gotten a little offended if I was making rules in our home mm -hmm. that affected her child. And from my husband's perspective, he wasn't really communicating well with her just based on what happened through their relationship and their divorce. And ultimately, Ryan was the one affected by all of that. And so did you find yourself playing mediator between them? Not necessarily. I didn't have a lot of communication with his mom, but I was frustrated a lot. Like I would put the rules of the house down and then they were broken on a continuous basis. And really the rules of the house were to help Ryan with consistency and being raised in a, you know, in a safe environment. So how did you overcome that? A lot of frustration, <laughs> a lot of prayer. Um, I was really lucky to um, find my way to a woman that, that uh, served m more as a spiritual mentor for me and um, more mature friends that maybe had experienced the same things. I found that my, my regular friends, the friends that I grew up with, that I had for years, weren't necessarily the most objective people. They would side with me all the time and that wasn't always the solution that was the best for Ryan. And I bet Ryan's mom's friends were siding with her. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Because that's the natural dynamic mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. blended families. Um, 
That's definitely challenging. Um, were there ever times when you questioned some of the choices that you made along the way? Sure, sure. You know, I wasn't a mom from childbirth, and so you know, I tried to be the absolute best role model and the best stepmother that I could, but I didn't know all the roles. Then you also have to consider how you were raised. So some of the ways I was raised, I was bringing forward to the table. Maybe they weren't always the best either. What was the hardest part of this journey? That's a great question too. I think I asked that. Mm -hmm. Let's take a break. What is one of your fondest memories of this experience? And you can pick more than just one. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, so today, actually, I was able to have a great relationship with this wonderful young man and really focus on what was best for Ryan. Ryan is now 33 years old. He is my business partner. His dad is not a business partner. His mom is not a business partner. So Ryan and I have a real estate business together and where we serve a lot of people from the community who know us as a family unit. What about when he was younger? Do you have anything that stands oh, out? You know, I remember just being so, just so in awe of how little brains work. So he was just a little guy, and um, uh, we, I, he was in first grade, and the teacher said to me, you have to give him more responsibility, okay? You can't do everything for him. So these are the, the people that came out of the woodwork to help, right? Mary, you can't be the be-all and end-all. This little guy has to have some responsibility. So I was doing laundry, and I said to him, uh, Ryan, take these, the, this laundry, put them in his arms, and put them in your proper drawers. And it was his whites, so he went into his room, and then I didn't hear anything for a little while. And you know, with the kids, when you don't hear anything, it could be trouble. And I went peeking in his room and I said, Ryan, what's going on? And he said, I don't have proper drawers. I have dresser drawers. I don't know what a proper drawer is. <laughs> and it occurred to me, like, I'm at that time, I was in my 30s. I'm talking as a 30-year-old to a little guy who, <laughs> you know, you really have to be considerate about what your words are, you know, choosing your words wisely. And it's a lot of, yeah, like fun times like that. He's just a good guy. That's really nice. Yeah. That's really endearing. <laughs> and you know, Mary, you're such a model for women in this role. Would you have any advice or words of wisdom for any of our listeners who might be in your shoes? So I think, yeah. You know, when I look back, I, I recently met Ryan's mother's new boyfriend. Um, and we, we were put in a situation we didn't expect to meet each other. Uh, and he's a wonderful guy. He really is. And I just said to him, listen, my philosophy is the more people that love Ryan, the better. And I think if everybody could just kind of have that mindset while parenting, it's about the children. It's really not about me. It's not about whether I win or lose something or I get my way or not. It's about how is that child going to be affected? Because we teach them how to have relationships. And I think that's a really important piece. Um, I also think that communication is key. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, having a group of friends that may not have experienced a situation. They're not always right. And being able to really seek out professionals, uh, whether it be spiritual or therapists or somebody to help kind of guide you in that way. Were there moments in your relationship with Ryan's dad where the role of step-parent kind of put a level of pressure on your on your marriage on your personal yeah. relationship right i would imagine that to be the case also and making sure that you know you also be mindful of that stressor because mm -hmm. relationships have a lot of stressors sure. now this is another one 
um, when you're just living your life as a, as a couple. Yeah. Is that yeah. accurate? It is absolutely accurate. And I think what happens a lot of times with divorces is the divorced parents want to be more friends with their kids than they want to be. Like, nobody wants to be the bad guy. Mm. When you're living as a family unit, you always have, like, the bad guy or the good guy or, you know, mom will never let me do this, but I'll go to dad. It's easier. I think when a divorce happens, oftentimes both parents try to be more friends than the, the rule maker. With the child. With the child. Right. So I was the rule maker. And I remember it was summer, Ryan was 16, and we were having dinner. We had family dinner every night at home, every, bar nothing. Every night we all sat down at the table. And so this one particular night, Ryan must have gone to Tim and said something. And so Tim, at dinner, said to me, uh, Mary, uh, Ryan's the only 16-year-old that needs to be home for dinner every night in the summer. And the answer was, yes. <laughs> I wanted to be able to see him and see what he was saying. I'm not going to let this kid go from like leave the leave the house in the morning, and then you know not see him until he comes home at nine ten o'clock at night. That's that, not at sixteen year old, years old. So it's those kind of rules, you know. And, and yeah. my husband would have been a little bit more lenient on mm-hmm. that. I don't know if I mentioned during this that that Ryan actually lived with us his entire childhood. Okay. So it was not a shared uh, parenting. It was a so that's why I, I, my rules were, you know, I was kind of the rule maker in that way. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about any advice for our listeners who are on the other side of the equation, the parent who is now sharing their child with someone new or who's, mm-hmm. or in your situation, you know, someone yeah. else is raising their child yeah. for whatever reasons. So I think the biggest thing that I can say is I could never, nor do I want to replace Ryan's mother. She is always going to be his mom. He loves her. She's a great mom. I'm, I'm an added bonus to that right. situation, but I think, I think that's where the stress comes from and where people think that somebody might be trying to take their place. And you can't. You can't. And you shouldn't want to. So. And I think it goes back again to what you said earlier about the more people that love the children, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Right? And maybe just operating from that mindset every time you feel stepped on or pushed aside mm-hmm. or your feelings are hurt it's not really about you it's about the children or the child right and, right. and keeping that focus yeah yeah Mary you mentioned a little bit about um, you know your support system and mm-hmm. making sure that you had you know the right friends to help you along the way do you have any recommendations for someone who's looking for resources for help or to crafting their support system you know do you have any advice for them so there's there's a lot of support out there i chose to really get some support through my church and through a spiritual rearing you know i always kind of try to keep that in mind like do the next right thing and the next right thing will happen it doesn't matter what my ego says today but there's great support groups just you know within uh, you know divorced parent support groups or even getting a therapist i know through divorces Oftentimes people say, listen, you, you have to get a, a CPA, you've got to get a therapist, you've got to get a financial advisor and a divorce attorney. You know, that's your core piece. So hold on to that therapist, especially when you're coming through um, things with different stuff with children, and it changes all the time. Right. So it's not just through the divorce. Now you've got kids that are hitting puberty. Now you've got kids <laughs> that are, you know, so like it just keeps going. And there's nothing wrong with having that extra support. It's great, actually. That's great advice. That really is. Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Blended families are so special, and I think your story is one of hope and positivity for all sides.
And that's a wrap on this episode. If you have any questions about what we've covered or are looking for additional resources, please reach out to us at lifeafterlovepodcast at foxrothschild.com. Until next time, we're Catherine and Sandra, here to help you through life after love.